told me to pray, yeah, so I'm going to pray. Let's so, pray first. All right. So, Father God, we just uh, thank you for this moment. We thank you for, uh, Father God, just receptive hearts uh, to hear. So, Lord, we, we, we don't just share this information to make people feel bad or disappointed or discouraged, but we share it to cause them to grow and to know that there's fruit on the other side, that there's a better way that you have designed by you. And so, Lord, I just thank you for our uh, anointing and wisdom by the Holy Spirit through us to give great information to all of your people today that want to grow. And for those even watching online, Father God, maybe dealing with symptoms or sickness, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that they receive as well. Amen. So uh, two weeks ago uh, on a Wednesday night, Pastor Boyd and Pastor Lehu were kind of sharing their story and uh, really great information. And then he kind of tapped into some stuff about um, in Genesis. And so I just thought, you know what, that that right there, that little nugget, that one nugget, uh, which is what kind of brought about us doing a panel discussion today. So if you're a guest, this isn't our normal way of preaching, but uh, today it is. And I like to just do things a little different every now and then. So I thought, let's just do a panel. And I wanted him specifically to teach on what he taught on that Wednesday night. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Boyd. And so get out your notes and really just open up your heart to receive. All right? All right. So uh, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I don't think we're going to have it up on the screen like we normally would on a Sunday morning. So you're going to have to uh, get there in your in your Bible or your uh, Bible app, whatever, whatever you're using. So Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're going to be reading in uh, verse 9. But before we do, I want to kind of set the stage of what's happened up until this point. And so um, Adam and Eve have uh, been created by God. And uh, they've been uh, told, you know, don't eat of the forbidden fruit. And um, Eve has this conversation with the devil. And... Um, and uh, she she gets seduced into eating the fruit, and then uh, and then she gives it to her husband and, and you know Adam, and he eats the fruit, and uh, this is kind of uh, interesting in here because uh, prior to all that, um, Adam was Adam was created first, and um, and God had given him authority uh, or dominion over everything on the earth, right? And so, uh, so much so that God, God created all the animals. And when he created all the animals, and then when he created Adam, he gave the authority to Adam to name those animals. It's like, you know, most of us, when we, when we build something or we create something new, if we were to invent something, we want to name it. Right? right? It's mine. I, I did this. I want, to, I want to name it. I want to give it its name so everybody knows uh, that I'm the inventor of this, but God gave that authority away to Adam, and he said, Adam, whatever you call it, that's what it is. I'm happy with it, right? And so we can, we can see what uh, authority God gave Adam in this time. And uh, so, so they're deceived uh, by Satan, and, and they eat of the fruit, okay? And so that's where we're going we're gonna to pick up the story. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, it says... Uh, and then the Lord God called to Adam and said, said to him, who did he call to? Adam. So it's important to know that he was coming down to talk to the man who was in charge. <laughs> right? And he says, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, <clears throat> and I was afraid 
And because I, I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the fruit of which I commanded you uh, that you should not eat? And then the man said, The woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. And God said to the woman, uh, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And so I want to stop right there really quick, and I want everybody to recognize what's going on. Do you guys see what's happening here? They're passing the buck, right? And so Adam's actually trying to blame God. It's your fault. <laughs> if it ain't your fault, it's definitely her fault. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then when he, when he asks Eve uh, what's going on, and Eve's like, well, this thing over here you created. <laughs> right? Everybody's passing the buck, and so that's important to keep in mind as we read on. <clears throat> and so in verse 14, it says, And so the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat, all, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. She shall bruise your head, and you shall uh, bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow, uh, multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now watch what he says to Adam. <clears throat> he says, then, he, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the fruit of the tree, which I commanded you, you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. <clears throat> Does your Bible say that? It does? Okay, I'm just checking because um, it says, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. I thought it's because he ate the fruit. It's good. Yeah. All this time I've been raised as Christian, I'm... I thought it was because he ate the fruit. It says, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten the fruit of the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. So maybe we just need a different version of the Bible because uh, maybe I'm just reading an it's older good. version. It's good. I don't like that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe, uh, maybe you know, I'll just get, a, I'll pick a modern version of the Bible. So I picked the message version. I'm, let's see what the message version says. And it says this. And he told the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and listen, listen to what else it says. <clears throat> it says, uh, uh, you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from. Uh, don't eat from this tree, and the very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be as painful as having babies is for your wife. You'll be working in pain all your life long. And so, uh, uh, listen, uh, that's pretty serious stuff. But I always thought it was because he ate the fruit. But right here it says, because you listened to your wife. Why, why would God say that to Adam? 
Because he gave him dominion over everything. Yeah. And Good. listen, the, 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 um, the symptoms of it, we saw up above, they were blaming each other. The, the symptoms of giving up your rightful position is powerlessness. And so when we give up our rightful position, all of a sudden we feel like we're powerless to control our own lives. And all of a sudden, if I'm not in control of my life, it can't be my fault. God, it's not my fault. It's your fault. You gave me this woman. She talked me into it. And if it's, down, and if it's not your fault, it's got to be her fault because she listened to that thing that you created. Talked me into it. It can't be my fault because I have no power over my life. Right? And so the symptoms of, of giving up our rightful place uh, is we lose uh, the authority or we lose power in the, in the authority of that position. And we feel like we're, we are powerless and we have no control over our life. And so you will find this symptom uh, anywhere, even in business. People that are subserting uh, authority in business or have given up their authority in business uh, in the chain of command or the chain of line of authority in that place, you will find people going, oh, it's not my fault. I don't know. Maybe they were supposed to do it. They, you know, definitely wasn't me. And, you know, so-and-so was supposed to handle that. And I'll, I'll go talk to so-and-so. See, nobody's taking responsibility. Why? Because they feel like they have no power over their own life. And so when, when, no, when, when you see symptoms of people not taking authority uh, or taking uh, Responsibility, thank you. Responsibility, I'm having a hard time talking this morning. Somebody needs to start praying for me. <laughs> um, uh, responsibility, when you're not taking responsibility, you will, you will find people are out of alignment of authority. And so that's, that's the symptom of it. And so, um, listen, it's, it, uh, God has established a, a particular line of authority and that line of authority goes from God to the husband and then to the wife and that's how he created it to be and and whenever we get out of a, a line of authority uh, whether the woman takes that position or the man relinquishes the position um, it doesn't matter uh, we, we become powerless over our life and, and and people begin to go well it's not my fault my husband's uh, husband's not the head of the home he needs to be the head of the home and we know and he's not in the, in the position. And we know everything's going bad because he's not in the position, yet we're still, uh, you know, trying to take that position as the wife because he's not standing up and doing it the way that we think he needs to do it. And so uh, we need to understand that just because, uh, it, you know, the husband might lead differently than the wife, uh, we need to understand that it doesn't mean that it's wrong. That... Uh, that uh, it is his position to lead the family and not the wife's position to lead the family. So whenever that gets out of alignment, everything begins to, to go wrong in our families. Yeah. And we know what's wrong. Women will say, they'll come and say, men just need to step up and be the head of the home. Yeah. But the problem is, is when the man tries to step up and be the head of the home, all of a sudden the woman rises up too. Yeah. And she says, well, how much of a man are you really? You really want to be the head of the home? Well, you're going to have to be bigger than me because I've been doing it all this time by myself. And guess what? You're going to have to put me in my place. All the while, she's the one going around telling everybody, you know, the head of the home just needs to rise up and be the head of the home. That Why? didn't happen. 
1130 is going to listen to this really good. But none of that happens with you guys. Just want to clarify. I don't want anybody to get offended. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. <laughs> right? Listen, why? Because it's, uh, it's just uh, our, our uh, sin nature begins to take over, right? And we learned this yesterday, what the sin nature actually is by looking at the very beginning of the first marriage. And so, um, in, in, uh, so what, what happens? How do we correct this? So everybody knows that's been in church any, any amount of time. They know that the, that the man is supposed to be head. Uh, but we also know that the woman was, was not created to be under man's foot. Yeah. Yeah. She, was, she was created out of the side of man to come alongside him and be his helpmate. And too many times uh, women, uh, and, and I get it, I understand it, they hate that word submit. In Ephesians 5 where it tells that the woman is to submit to, the, to her husband um, even as uh, you know, the husband is head of, of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and that the wife should submit to the husband in the same manner. Um, it, it's like cringing because it's, it's been abused, right? And men have constantly tried to put women under their feet <clears throat> rather than allowing them to come alongside and, and be a helpmate uh, and have equal say and, and equal, um, equal place with them. But the, the reality of it is is that... Uh, if a decision needs to be made and the husband makes a different decision than what you think needs to be made, that's the one that you go with yeah. because they're the head. And, and so, uh, the, in other words, the final decision comes down to the man, and he's responsible to God for what happens with his family, not the wife. And so, and so uh, as we begin to learn how to navigate this, this uh, place, our proper position— um, we have to first begin to understand how do we write this thing? How do we get it back the way that God designed it to be? Um, and so what we learned yesterday uh, is that the man is, uh, his sin nature from the very beginning is passiveness, yeah. right? And, and we learned from uh, our teaching yesterday that the sin nature for a woman is um, independence or, or being uh, wanting to do it themselves, pride and independence, thinking they don't need anybody to help them. Yeah. And that's not how God created it to be. We're supposed to work together. And so whenever this is out of place, the... Let me, um, let me say something to that. Yeah. So that was brought out yesterday, actually, because uh, it was kind of brought out, uh, I think it was Dr. Jimmy Evans who spoke it. How come Eve took of the apple when Adam was standing right there? Or not apple, fruit. We've been told it's apple, but it's not our fruit. Kiwi, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, it's because of the independence. Yeah. She, she came out of alignment yeah. in that moment because she said, I'll do this by myself. I ain't going to ask you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, she, and she took of the fruit. And then God didn't come and say, Eve, why did you do this? He came to who he put in authority, yeah. which was Adam. So husbands and men who are not yet husbands, the wisdom that's being thrown down right now and was thrown down this weekend, uh, I've been in church my whole life and have not heard. Yeah. yeah, we've always heard men as head of the home, but broken down in the way that you're seeing it yeah. and the spiritual implications from it, whole nother level yeah. yesterday and right now. So carry on. Oh, thank you. So 
So how do we how do we write this thing? Um, because we know this is how it's supposed to be, and, and men have uh, you know, and I've I've taught this in different forms in uh, you know men's conferences or when we have a marriage uh, sessions at our home, message, uh, marriage groups or whatever the case is. It's one of the things we always hit on that the man is supposed to be head of the home, uh, and and so we always get the question, and men come and say me. Tell me, you know, you tell me I have the tools. God created me this way. Uh, I have the tools to be the head of the home. But when I go home and I try to try to implement this, it just doesn't work. <clears throat> and then I've had women come to me and say, um, you know, yeah, I want I want the man to, to take their position and, and, and all of that. And and um, but for whatever reason, we just can't quite make it work it just doesn't work and, and for reasons that I talked about the woman begins to rise up and say you need to put me in my place type of thing rather than than giving the position over and all these things so I've got some practical uh, application things that you can you can take note of that will help write this in your home okay and so this is to the men first husbands if you have, have not been the head of the home the way that God has designed it to be this is what you need to do and you're going to have to plan this out a little bit, but you need to call a family meeting. And you sit the, sit the, family, sit the family down um, after you've repented to God, obviously, first and foremost, for not being the head of your home. You repent to God, and you ask God to forgive you. And repentance means that you're turning from doing things your way, and you're turning to do things God's way. That's what repentance is. And so this plan will help you walk out the repentance uh, and walk into what God has designed for you, okay? So, th so that's first and foremost. And then you call a meeting with your family, and you sit the whole family down, and this is what you do. You ask them to forgive you for not being the head of the home. You say, I have not been the head of the home like God has asked me to be the head of the home. I have relinquished this position, but my intention is to take it back. Would you please forgive me for not leading you the way that God has asked me to do so. And maybe even you can teach a little bit on why it's this way if your family doesn't understand it, that in Ephesians 5, you can go and find it where it tells you this is where, how you're supposed to be the head of your home, and you can actually teach your family on it, okay? But the very first thing you do is you ask your family to forgive you. Uh, the next thing you need to do is instruct the family on how it's going to operate from now on, <clears throat> meaning... I'm going to be the head of the home. Mom is going to help me in every decision. We're, we're partners in this. We make this happen, but according to God, I'm responsible to be the head of the home. And you lay out the rules for your house. And sometimes there's specific things that have been going on in your, ho in your house that need to be addressed. Yes. When things are out of order, uh, all of a sudden your kids are kind of doing whatever they want to do. And you're just like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I come home and like the house is a mess. The kids are running everywhere. They're screaming. They want to go here. And they're turning my wife and I against us. Whatever is going on in your home because of, because of everybody being out of their position needs to be righted. And you just sit down and you set the rules yeah. for what the house is going to be and how it's going to operate. Okay. <clears throat> and then number three, whatever you set in place. Be consistent. Yeah. Listen, it is not okay to make all the decisions in your home one day and the next day go, I don't care, whatever you want to do. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. Right? It, it is not okay to say, uh, put a rule in place and say, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever. The trash needs to be taken out every, every evening. 
I want it done in, in, you know, in the heat of the moment. You're like, I want it done before I get home. The trash is going to be taken out. Son, you hear me? It's going to be taken out, blah, 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 blah. And then you come home and the trash is overflowing and then you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm tired too. You know what I mean? We have to be consistent in whatever we say. And they need to be reasonable, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, but listen, whatever you set in place, you have to be consistent. And it has to be consistent day in, day out, every day for the rest of your life. And listen, we're going to blow it. We're going to miss it. And that's when we go to the family and again and we say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm working on being better at this. But we have to be consistent because consistency brings security to the home. Good. Yeah. Okay. And number uh, four. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> so listen up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this, this is a good one. Because many times we say we're, we're supposed to be the head of the home and we feel like we don't know how to do this thing. We haven't been taught. We haven't been trained. Our, our fathers were not heads of the home, so we don't know what we're doing. And so even though we want to put it in place and we begin to activate this thing in our life, uh, we get into a position and we say, uh, I don't know what to do. And because we don't know what to do, we begin to go, oh, whatever, this is just not working. I don't want to take responsibility for it. So listen, I'm going to tell you how to handle this when you get, get to this place, okay? Men, listen. Ask your wife. She is your helpmate. God put her there as your helpmate. If you don't know what decision to make or what to do, how to lead the family, uh, I would say, uh, first of all, make sure that you ask God and lean on God because God is our head. Yeah. But, it, but it is not wrong to ask your wife. You're not in this alone. You're not the one that says, hey, you're supposed to follow me and everything, so I can't listen to you at all. Absolutely not true. Ask your wife. She's your helpmate. And most of the time, she was, she was like, just, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. That's good, right? But at the same time, knowing that you're responsible to God for your family, you have to run that by God. And say, okay, God, is this the right move to make or is there something else? Because, listen, uh, that very thing right there will cause you to become dependent on your wife again rather than God. And so you have to draw your dependence on God to lead you yes. and how to lead your family. But it is not wrong to ask your wife. No. Okay, it's important. She's a helpmate. Okay. And uh, the last one was always be connected to God and involve him in everything that you do. I already discussed that. Okay, wives. We're going to get into what the wives can do. Okay, wives. The very first thing you need to do is relinquish the position of the head of the home. Give it up. In fact, there is no such position for a wife to be head of the home. Whatever God created is, and he did not create that position. It does not exist. You are not leading your home. We found out yesterday, in fact, that if the wife is leading the home uh, or trying to lead the home, that it's actually... Uh, the devil is leading the home yeah, yeah. because it allows him to get in. And I talked about that uh, a few weeks ago when, when we did this at the mid. What it does is it opens the door for the enemy to get in uh, because there is no such position. And so it opens the door and he can get in and cause all kinds of havoc in our lives. So Let me clarify something. Pastor Boyd didn't call all women devils. No, right. Yeah. I just want to clarify. Because I'm telling you what, the enemy will twist things in people's ears. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Go, that pastor at that church called me a devil. 
What he's saying is, is it's out of a line of authority, right. and so you allow the enemy's influence into your home. Right, yeah. So the women aren't devils, but yeah, that yeah. alignment allows his influence. All right. Yeah. It allows them to get in there because the door is open, right? Because we're not doing things God's way, okay? <clears throat> so you need to relinquish the position. You just need to hand it over to him. And, and guess what? He's probably going to do it different than you. Yeah. That doesn't make it wrong. And if he's never led anything before, you're going to have to give him space to learn how to lead, right? And learn how to do this right. And so um, it's important that, that we begin to understand that because uh, sometimes we think that just because uh, they're not doing it the way that we would do it, that, that it's wrong and I need to step in and help. Yeah. And, and, and especially in the very beginning, you need to, you need to give him space to do that. Uh, and then when he makes a decision, stand behind the decision whether you think it's right or not. That's probably so hard to do, yet how many times do we do that in our jobs when our boss makes a decision? We're like, yeah, sure. You make the call. I don't think it's the right call, but I'm going to do what you say to do because you made the call. You're, you're in position of authority. Listen, it has to be the same way in our homes. And so wives, allow him to make the decisions, and when he makes a call, stand behind it. In other words, don't, don't tell the kids, well, you know, I don't agree with your dad yeah, on. on this thing. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I would have done this, but just go ahead and do what he said to do. This time, this time. Yeah, it's good. You got to stand behind the decision, right? And that means that you're becoming in unity in one. And then, you know, you guys can talk about the decision privately, right. discuss it. Uh, but at the end of the day, whatever the decision the man makes is, is the one that we need to go with. And listen, when it goes bad, that's how men learn. Yeah. We all learn. When things go bad, that's how we learn. And the next time we make a better decision. But if we don't ever give room for people to learn... I'm never, ever going to uh, lead uh, appropriately and, and confidently, okay? Um, number three, uh, stop offering your opinion on everything. I know that sounds a little rough, but... Uh, it's quiet in this Baptist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going way too long. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, that's rough, but uh, listen, it's important because he, he's got to learn how to lead. Yeah. And he wants to please you. That is his goal in life, or it should be his goal in life. He wants to please you as, as the husband. He wants to make you happy. And, and if you offer an opinion on something, um, most of the time he's going to automatically just go with it. And so especially in the early stages when you're just turning this whole thing around, you need to stop offering your opinion on everything. Yeah. Let him learn how to make the decisions. That doesn't mean your opinion doesn't matter. It definitely matters. Right. And, it, and it's definitely needed. Um, but when you're turning this whole thing around, sometimes it can, it can cause him to become dependent on you. And then you go right back to where you were. Again, remember, we're taking this from a position of people like, I've tried this and it doesn't work. I'm trying to give you the tools that are going to help you make it work. Okay? So... Um, so stop offering your opinion on everything, uh, especially when he doesn't ask for it. If he asks for it, definitely give your opinion. Or if you think it's drastically wrong and it's going to cause uh, problems, 
offer your opinion. Uh, but otherwise, just get behind his decision and, and go with it, okay? And then let him learn uh, from it. And then um, help him lead by deferring to him. Number, number four, always defer to him. And so what my wife does, because she's very strong and, um, and she's, uh, she's capable of making uh, all these decisions on her own, uh, but what she has done, and I've learned by watching her because she's uh, learned to let me lead, and I lead very differently. Even at work, people are like, you lead very different compared to all, all of our other leaders. Um, and so people have learned that they uh, have to learn how to work with my leadership style. But what she does is she just says, what would you like to do in this situation? Defers it to me and allows me to go, oh, well, I guess I never really thought about that. Let's just do this, rather than making the decision on our own. And so that's what I mean. Defer to your husband. And so if something's going on and, you, and, uh, and he, it seems like he's not stepping up to the plate to handle the situation, just instead of handling it yourself, you can defer it to him and say, look, this is what's going on. How would you like us to handle it? What needs to happen? Right? And so you can defer and, and help him lead that way. And then... <clears throat> The Bible says uh, to submit yourself under the leadership of your husband. And so the last thing I have is you must submit yourself to stay in position that God gave you. It is not your husband's job to make you submit. It is not his job to come home and say, oh, you're out of line, woman. God said, submit to me. Although I've done that a couple of times. It gets real messy real quick. <laughs> like he said, I have a strong personality, so yeah. But again, it goes back to deferring to him and allowing him to lead. So learn how to submit yourself. The Bible says submit yourself. Yeah. And so we have to learn to be able to do that rather than make him rise up and take the position from us. And so I think if you uh, begin to put these things into practice in, in your life, you'll begin to turn around uh, this around in your marriage uh, quite quickly. So, Okay, we got about... Four minutes left. I'm going to let Pastor Lehua and Pastor Jennifer uh, uh, take the uh, defense. <laughs> um, I, I'll say uh, one of the questions that I get a lot from women is how do I submit? And how, what does a submissive wife look like? Um, and as Pastor Boyd said, you are not a doormat. Yeah. So you're not to be walked on. And uh, being submissive doesn't, we, doesn't mean we lay down all of our thoughts, opinions, our life, and we have no say in anything. So I think he has um, said it very well uh, that it, it's a partnership. So Ephesians 5 is where you find the roles for God's plan for marriage. And in Ephesians 5, it lays out the roles. And so I think one of the things um, that is important for us, and it was said this weekend, is that we have to accept the roles for yourself as the standard of your behavior in marriage. So if that's the standard of your behavior and this is what I'm accepting, um, he is the head of the home, he's going to lead our family, then um, I come alongside him and help him do that. It's a partnership, Um, our roles are equal, but there is um, order. So God sets order. It doesn't mean that, that um, he even says, it doesn't mean that one is lesser than the other. It's just 
it's an equal thing, but it is order that God has created. And so there is order in our homes. And when we accept that, then it's a partnership. And it, in Ephesians 5, it talks, he likens it to Christ with the church. Oh, yeah. And, and so I've had conversations with women that are like, you know, well, I, if I'm a submissive wife, then he just gets to be dominant and gets to make all the decisions and gets to, you know, be the boss. And I'm like, and? <laughs> yes. Isn't Christ the boss of us? Yeah. Isn't Jesus the head of the church? Doesn't he get to call the shots? Yeah, yeah. But yet, what does it look like? It looks like love. Yeah, yeah. And that's a healthy relationship a healthy marriage um the big thing too is um is trusting that they hear the that they hear father that they hear father god and that they're leading the home according to what god is leading them to do and trusting them um and if you got trust issues then get before the father and get healing deal with those things because you know pastor patina had brought something up that was really really um eye-opening um, is that sometimes we view our spouses the way we view our, our fathers, our earthly fathers, our natural fathers. Um, and so if there's it, trust issues there, then take that before God and ask him to heal your heart and deal with those things that are hidden um, that need to come to the forefront and get healing in that area so that you can truly trust your husband the way God designed you to trust him. And in um, Ephesians 5.33, it says um, at the bottom part of that verse, it says the wife must respect, must respect, I'm going to say it again, must respect her husband. Look up the word respect. And you will get true revelation of what that looks like to respect your husband. Because that's the way God designed it to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Okay. Amen. I hope you guys got something out of that today. A little different style. But uh, to be honest with you, what, what Pastor Boyd presented, uh, almost every marriage counseling situation uh, that we run into, it's because of uh, the alignment. Yeah. And uh, if you can figure out how to do it God's way. Uh, there was some really, some, some dimes that were dropped by the guys this weekend that lined up with some of the stuff that, that we taught you today that was uh, phenomenal and uh, just really, really encouraging. So we just want to encourage you uh, to have conversation about this. Uh, have conversation uh, about some of the things because uh, I think some of us would even go, am I taking the authority? Am I the one calling the shots in the home? And you don't even know if you are. Because you've, you've grown used to it. And you, you honestly don't, he doesn't make any decisions because of the, the sin of the man, which is apath apathy and, pa and um, passivity. passivity. Yeah. So, uh, so it's important to allow those things to, to be um, changed and corrected and applied. So, so let's all stand to our feet. So, Father God, we just thank you today uh, for this peanut butter and jelly series that we have grown in, that we have learned from, how to stick together, Father God. And so, Lord, we just thank you for all relationships, whether they're married or in a dating situation or someone believing God for a husband or a wife. We pray, Father God, that the information that was shared and given would cause us to grow in these areas, that we can grow and become better so that when we meet the man or woman of our dreams that we are prepared to move forward properly. 
And Father God, if there's marriages here that it's a little bit rocky, a little bit rough at the moment, uh, they're maybe under the ground, but they're a seed that's planted that will produce fruit. And so, Lord, I thank you that they water and fertilize their marriage with the information given, not only through this series, but even at our marriage conference, relationship conference, Father God. And Lord, I thank you for, uh, for marriages. Father God, so goes the family, so goes the church. And so, Lord, I thank you for stable, strong marriages. I thank you, Father God, for people coming in alignment with your purpose, your plan, and your way. Father God, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have free reign to speak into everyone's lives and cause us to be not prideful, but humble, forgiving, repenting, for that is the key to the heart, is a repentant, forgiving heart. So, Father God, I thank you in Jesus' name for all the couples, all the marriages today. I speak blessings over them, that they would be fruitful. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen.